0: It's so wonderful to be in god 's house, and it 's so wonderful to be around gifts that are given and in such a beautiful way. So thank you, Joe, and for all the team, all the parents and kids who made this made this really special and now we come to the meat and potatoes of our worship service. Is anyone ready for meat and potatoes, even after you had your cherry pudding, sugar? I mean, it's all been so fun and good, but I promise you that this is going to be nourishing. And as we as we do this every Sunday, we open up a part of God's Word, and the the portion of Scripture we're going to be looking at today is in Matthew chapter 2, so you can follow along in your uh, Bible there, or a Bible you brought. We're going to be looking at page 808 as we open God's Word. And as as always, there's a there's a promise associated to the work that God wants us to do. And if you look at the the work that God wants us to do right now in our worship service, it's three simple words that are right up there behind me. It's attention, connection, and action. And if you wanna look at your bulletin and turn it over on the back, there's some uh, room there for you to take notes, to take this with you so that, that if we pay attention and if we look for the connection, we can actually take action in our lives and something good is going to happen. Amen? Something good is going to happen because this is Christmas time and we all know who is the reason for the season in Christmas. Really? Are you, are you kidding? I thought it well. It's gifts, right? It's presents. You guys all said the right word, but we all know that, that uh, especially as we grow up as kids, we look forward to presence, right? We look forward for that, for that gift that we're going to get. And as we look in the scripture today for Matthew 2, we're going to see something. You're going to see a connection to God's story and our story. And my prayer is that we'll all learn to take action on this as we look at the wise men and we look at the gifts, gifts that they gave and we see what God wants us to do. So if, um, when we're looking at presents, did you know that actually the National Retail Association estimates that we're going to spend how much money on Christmas presents this year? A lot. One trillion dollars. Everyone say, wow. I looked at the breakdown. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to talk about the breakdown, the average per person, because uh, it's a lot. It shocked me the average, what the average person gives and spends on Christmas gifts. It's shocking, but I wanted to start out. You know, we all look forward to that perfect gift. Has anyone, has, has anyone ever received a bad gift? Uh, well, let's not say a bad gift, a not-so-optimal one. Have you, ever, have you ever opened up a gift and, and then kind of gone, Oh, thank you. This was perfect. Well, I, I have a gift that, that I'll never forget when I opened it, and this is what I saw. It was a present from someone very special to me, and I was just like, what is this? And I've never forgotten the feeling that I had from that special purpose who I won't name, who happens to be right over there in that area of the church today. I won't name, but I was not particularly thrilled about this present. And as, as we think about this, sometimes because we're kind of hard to get gifts for, right? Let's just admit it, guys. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of us are hard to give, get gifts for. And so when we think about this, I think some people have been having fun with this. Let's take a look at parents. I've got a little short video of parents working with their kids and seeing the reaction when we see some not so optimal gifts so keith play that video for me please i think the brother was in on it who thinks who thinks the brother was in on it let's give some yeah i think the brother was in on it now as i was thinking about the best gift that i've ever gotten honestly honestly this is this is the truth as i prayed about this and i chose some different things of course, my favorite gift is my family. And I think about how our dreams are connected to the things that we want. And one of my dreams was to have a family and to have have a family. I could never have imagined the family that God gave me, but it's it's literally a dream and it's a gift. It's a dream and it's a gift. So think about those gifts that we that we have received over the years and think about in this special season, what God does to give gifts. And what if we could look in the Bible and we could learn how to be an amazing gift giver, okay? That's what I'm gonna promise you today As we look into scripture and we look at God's story and we see the connection to our lives if we pay attention to it. And there's gonna be a blessing with it if we take action to it. So three simple things. As we look at the scripture, the wise men, which is our focus, they decided to give the gift, they picked the gift, and then they decided to present the gift. So as we look in the scripture, let's, let's take a look at these three wise men here. The, that's, that's historically, uh, there's always been three, and that's just connected to the number of gifts. We actually know it was plural, wise men, but as we look at the wise men and we, and we as we walk through this story, let's look in Matthew chapter two, which is on uh, page 808, Matthew chapter two, and we're gonna be looking at uh, verse, verse 11. And so here's an artist's rendition of the three wise men just to get you into the, into the spirit. And we're gonna read this verse together. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I can remember uh, playing uh, one of the wise men when I was a kid, and there was literally it was literally a brute cologne that I was carrying. I remember carrying a uh, green who remembers the green bottles of brute cologne? oh yeah, 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 ladies. you remember that brute cologne. I remember carrying that brute cologne, and I remember being so caught up in the you know these gifts these, these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh what do they mean how can we how can we learn from this how, w- w- what can we get from this story that happened thousands of years ago how could we connect to this what does it mean well let's just take the let's just take the first the first one which is we they had to decide to give the gift And the amazing thing is when you look at this story and and unpack it, what did God do to inspire them to give the gift? Well, he did something extraordinary. They saw something, they saw the star and they decided to take action. So they decided to travel from far away to bring a gift. And, And when they did that, think about the amazing thing is of how God works. Sometimes a lot of times we wonder where God is in our life. You know, there's amazing miracles happening out there, but then we hit, we hit trial, we hit suffering, we hit heartache, and our first question is, where is God? And then we read these stories and we think about how God works. And so if you're going through Christmas season, some of you might be really happy some of this this Christmas season might be really hard. It might be the first one without a loved one. It may be one where you're looking back and you're saying, "I don't know if I'm so happy this Christmas because I don't really, I maybe we may have experienced loss. We've all experienced loss and then around Christmas time and family time, it gets hard, right? But God works in this way where think about how he's giving you signs. He's giving he gave the wise men sign. He gave them a star. But they were looking, and as they looked and they saw, they decided to give this gift. And they traveled a long way, and they, and they took risks. And as they, as they traveled across, they ran into hardship. They ran into danger. We don't hear any of this. But they decided to take this journey, chasing this sign, knowing that Jesus, the king, was going to be born. And it's really easy to look back and read this story and just kind of say, yeah, it's the wise men. I've heard this before. It's, it seems like a long ways away. How does this impact me? What do I have to give? What do I have to give to anyone is more of what I see in a lot of people's life, is that we don't have the the perspective of what God has given us or where we could give something to someone. And the harder thing is a lot of times God gives us little signs. He gives us little presences of himself and sometimes we miss it. The wise men didn't miss it, right? The wise men didn't miss the sign and they they took action on the sign. And this is the most, I think, when I've studied this, this is the most amazing gift-giving adventure probably in the Bible that God did. And God inspired someone with a sign. And then they took a risk and they took a journey and they decided to give this gift for this specific reason. And so the first step, if we're going to become, like if we could look at this scripture and say, if we could become a great gift giver, wouldn't that be amazing? Amazing. If we could look at the scripture, has anyone ever been around someone who's really great at gift giving? Yes. What do they do? They decide and they plan, just like the wise men. It doesn't happen on a whim. You still got a day, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, I see some smiles out there. But if you want to become, if we want to become great gift givers, we've got to make a plan and we've got to decide that we're going to give something And so the first thing we have to know is that we have something to give. You have something, we have something very specific and unique to give, and that's where it's got to start. We have something. We're not without. We actually have some of the greatest gifts. Part of church and part of opening up the Bible and praying is is unwrapping those gifts and revealing those gifts as we pray with one another and and other brothers and sisters in Christ say, hey, I see this in you, H.A. Gross. I see something in you. I see something in all of you, something that's wonderful, something that God has given us that we can make a decision to give to others. And so that's really the first step is that we have to, we have to give the gift, but then we have to pick the gift. And you think about this, these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the way they picked these gifts— And the way they showed up, do you think Mary and Joseph were surprised? Because in the scripture, it didn't say that anyone else was really following the star. In fact, Herod Herod was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Let me know when you find him and I'll come and worship him. So the wise men seemed to have kind of a really clear idea of what was happening. And when you look at these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we see Jesus Right there in the gifts, because who knew who was really behind these gifts? Who's really behind these three gifts that the wise men gave? God is behind it. God orchestrated it. God encouraged the wise men and worked with them and said, I'm gonna choose these guys, these wise men to do something really important. And they picked these gifts out, and when you look at it, there's no accident. They didn't just go to the store and get what was ever on the shelf, but the first one was gold, and that spoke to Jesus as a king. And so think about Mary and Joseph were in the— there was no place for them in the inn, so they were in with the animals. And then all of a sudden, these three wise men show up that they've never met before, and then imagine unwrapping this gift of gold— Could a young couple use that? Yeah. Were they surprised about that? What did that gold speak to? It spoke to. Jesus is a king. Even as a baby, he was a king. It's talked about all throughout Scripture. God wants to be your king. He wants to be my king. He wants to be the king of the world. Not to dominate, but to be the example of how to live. So this is this This gift, this first gift that they gave, this gift of gold, this gift of resources that spoke to who Jesus was. And I wonder if we look at ourselves, what would God say about you? What would God say about me? What does God say about us? Do we have something to give? What gift would you pick? If you were going to become a great gift giver, one of the things is, Great gift givers see what's needed, right? Because all that's sometimes when you open a great gift, it's exactly what you need, but maybe you didn't even really know it. And you open it up and you're like, wow! And this amazing connection of the gift giver and then the receiver is this wonderful affirmation, isn't it? This is what happened. With the wise men, and this is how, if we really look at this, we could learn to be great gift givers. If we just consider what gift it would be and think about it, pray about it, spend some time on it, and really think about the person you're giving it to and what, what need do they have. So that's the, that's the second part of becoming a, a great gift giver is to be a great gift picker. And then, and then the, uh, well, the other two gifts really quickly, frankincense and myrrh, spoke to Jesus' priestly calling. So Jesus was a high priest. He was a priest. And what does a priest do? A priest brings connection between a person and God. And so frankincense was given to Jesus because he wanted to be a connection between us And God the Father. And so that frankincense was given him very specifically to affirm who Jesus was as high priest. And then the third gift, myrrh, the odd thing about that is that's for death. And so even in Jesus' birth, God was making a statement about his death. And a solemn part of this is that it must have been a strange gift to give a baby something that would be for death because we all know that babies and death don't go together. We know that babies have to do with life. We know that babies have to do with promise. Babies have to do with this incredible treasure not about death. But nonetheless, this greatest gift-giving adventure, God picked myrrh, God picked death because we remember the cross is always in the background. The cross is always in the background. So picking the gift might be something if we're gonna apply this to our life is to consider what's needed And to make a brave proclamation, a brave statement. And you know what? God knows that about you. God knows that about me. He knows what we need deeply. And step three is just to present the gift. You know, uh, you don't have to be a great gift wrapper, right? You really don't. You know what I learned about that? Is you just have to care you just have to really care. What's amazing is when someone gives you a gift that's well wrapped, what do you think about? How does that make you feel? It means that they cared about the gift to wrap it carefully and not just throw it together and mash it and double in the end. I've done that, has anyone else ever done that? Come on guys, give me a hand. They're just like, it's okay, they're just gonna tear it off anyway. But then I've seen other people wrap gifts, and I'm like, wow. They really took time folding that paper and choosing the appropriate paper. And, you know, it's a real affirmation. Think about how the wise men presented the gifts, and think about how God led them to know the place to go. There was a a star. Actually, in the Hebrew, it would be radiance. And as I was studying, reading about this, thinking about the Israelites in the desert and God gave them a radiance, a glowing, so that they would know where to go. Think about the connection between all the way back to the Old Testament. What if God was doing the same thing? And there was a radiance and it, it went over the house and it stopped there and they knew, oh, that's the place. What would it be like to go back in time and see that star and see that light going down on that Place. Wouldn't that have been amazing? And then they decided to go present the gifts. That might have been a little awkward moment, you know. Um, we're here, we're not really sure what they're going to find, right? But then they opened the door, and there's this simple child in a manger, and they've got their gifts, and they've come all this way, and they gave the gifts, and they worshiped him. Isn't that amazing? They knew that Jesus, the baby, was supposed to be worshipped. They knew more. When we think about this story, they knew way more, way more than they could have just picked up on the street. They knew it from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told them. The Holy Spirit showed them. This is not by accident how they presented the gift and how they presented themselves. And the beautiful thing is that they, they presented their hearts. And so that's beautiful, right? That's all fine for a, a Christmas program. What difference does this make in my life? I'm not a wise man. Maybe, maybe you're a hurting person this Christmas. What do I have to give? I actually want to receive. I want to receive comfort. Or maybe, maybe you're struggling in some other way. And so thinking about what you have to give I don't really have anything to give. Well, you come to the right spot because God says yes to you right where you are. But what if this whole message is something that we can see a glimpse of how we give and the impact that it makes on someone else's life? What would it look like if we learned the awesome, incredible potential we have to give gifts. That we could look at our lives and we could learn to see what God has truly given us. What if we could look at gifts that we have that don't require money as much as time? Not money, but care. Not shopping, but on the phone, a phone call. What if we could learn to give a gift as precious as gold and frankincense and myrrh? If we look at the wise men who sacrificed their safety and traveled many miles and they took many steps of faith to trust in the outcome, they decided to give Gifts, some of the most famous gifts that were ever given in the history of the world. They decided to pick the perfect gifts as they studied exactly what Jesus needed and what fit, and they presented them in the perfect time. Who are you a gift to? Pick a gift. Present yourself. Choose the time and the place, but don't forget to bring yourself and your heart because that's truly what's behind the greatest gift. And when we bring our hearts and bring ourselves to God in worship and we present ourselves, God gets lots of room to work let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message in scriptures. Father, as we pay attention to what you've given us, we want to leave behind we want to leave behind a sense that we don't have anything important to give or that we're just focused on our own problems so we don't give of ourselves. Whatever it is, Father, help us to turn away from that. Help us to turn towards you, to consider to take time to look and listen and consider how we can be a gift to those in our lives. Maybe a neighbor, maybe someone we haven't talked to in a long time Heavenly Father, help us to present ourselves and present our hearts the way the wise men did and that we could see you work in amazing ways, in miraculous ways as we give of ourselves to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and pray the Lord's Prayer together. We'll be celebrating Christmas Eve right back here Tuesday night. So as we think about that, and we pray the Lord's Prayer, think about how God might want to work through you to give incredible gifts. Let's pray this together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace with God's blessing. We'll see you back here Tuesday at five. Have a great day.